I can hardly bring myself to ask, but I did swear that I would, and... Emily's head was starting to throb. If past experience was any guide, Mrs. Dalrymple might take half an hour to come to the point, and even then she was apt to leave her listener not quite certain of what she was trying to say. Tea was sounding better by the moment. At least Emily would have something to do while she waited. It's the squire, you see... Sir Cedric, it happened as we were making the last arrangements for the village flower show. Quite a surprise it was. A shock, in fact. Mrs. Dalrymple blushed and stammered a little. And and he, he wished to know if it could be announced at the show next Saturday. Emily settled back in her chair to wait out Mrs. Dalrymple. Despite her best efforts, her mind wandered back to the list of expenditures. She was already doing without new clothes, and it wasn't as if she kept a carriage or a full staff of maids. She'd chosen this path herself, and she'd known from the outset that her limited resources couldn't be stretched to luxuries. But if she even had to give up things like tea and sugar... Sally appeared, laden down. "'There's a couple of letters as has just come, my lady. I put them on the tea tray.' Emily's gaze wandered to the folded pages lying next to the hot water jug. The handwriting on the top one was a dark and spiky slash. Her father had obviously been feeling particularly unsympathetic toward his wayward daughter when he'd dashed off that missive. She didn't have to read it to know that much. If it was ordinary business, the Earl of Chiswick turned the matter over to his private secretary. He only wrote to her himself when he was angry— or in a mood to issue orders. And since she hadn't done anything for at least a month to make him angry, I wonder which family he has in mind this time to marry me into. She set the Earl's letter aside and glanced at the other one. Mrs. Dalrymple set the teapot back on the tray. That's the Duke's handwriting, is it not? It looks strange somehow. Emily put out her hand for her cup. Her companion was right. The Duke of Weybridge's fist was not the confident sprawl she remembered. The address looked cramped, almost painful, and even the scrawled Weybridge that franked the corner of the letter wasn't quite as strong as she remembered it. I wonder if Uncle Josiah is ill. You must not wait to find out, my lady. If you don't mind. Emily broke the wafer and spread the sheet on her knee trying not to listen to Mrs. Dalrymple's fluttery and repetitive exclamations that, of course, she understood. Yes, indeed she did. My dearest Emily, time marches on, and I will soon celebrate my seventieth, and I suspect my last birthday. My various complaints are too numerous for me to list, and too tiresome for you to read. So my energy and this paper are better spent in other ways. It is sufficient to say that at his every visit, and they are growing more numerous, my doctor shakes his head in despair. I hope you will find it possible to visit me for my birthday. I suspect you may be in shallow water by now, with only your mother's legacy to draw upon, and your father no doubt still determined to bring you to heel. Therefore, I have given orders for a post-chaise to arrive the day after this letter, so you may make the journey in comfort. 
since I will not long need my worldly goods, I have no wish to collect more birthday trinkets. Perhaps this year we shall play turnaround instead. I have it in mind to make a gift to you and spend my remaining days watching and enjoying your happiness. Your loving great-uncle, Josiah Weybridge. P.S. I do hope you believe me, dear Emily, when I say that you have always been my favourite of my niece's children. Emily put the letter down, biting her lip. He sounds so very low. It's quite unlike him. Her gaze sought the calendar on her desk. His birthday is just a week away. No wonder he's sending for me tomorrow. Tomorrow? Mrs. Dalrymple's hands fluttered to her face. But how shall we get all your packing done in so short a time? I'm certain we'll manage. But you were telling me about the village flower show and the squire. Oh, that doesn't matter now, my lady. Shall I go and tell Sally to start packing your things? Or shall you want to check every garment beforehand? Oh, dear, I never know what to do. But in any case, you need me now more than ever, and Sir Cedric will simply have to wait. Mrs. Dalrymple flitted out of the room, leaving Emily shaking her head and wondering if she should call the woman back and set her to some other task. Mrs. Dalrymple was a great deal more likely to get in Sally's way than to assist, assuming, of course, that she didn't mangle the message altogether. But what was all this about Sir Cedric having to wait? Some detail about the village flower show, no doubt, which reminded Emily that she must arrange...